Respectfully. 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 A Melanated Therapist. Welcome in and welcome home, family. I'm Rade. And I'm Dimitrik, and this is Respectfully a Melanated Therapist podcast. Just a quick disclaimer, this is not therapy. We are just two people who are doing a podcast who happen to be therapists. The information in our podcast is for psychoeducation and entertainment purposes only. If you are in need of therapeutic resources, please feel free to contact us and we'll point you in the right direction. Now, before we kick off the show, let's talk a little bit about how you all can support us. If you would like to show us support, please share our podcast on social media, tag at RespectfullyMT rate the show and write reviews just to let us know you're listening and enjoying the show. All right, fam, we are jumping back into our season three. Thank you so much for listening and we hope that you have been doing well. For today's episode, we are discussing the importance of family connections. But before we even jump into that, friend, how are you? How has life been? (laughs) <laughs> doing well. Uh, life is lifing, um, but still doing well, um, you know, because in the midst of life, lifing, um, they're still good and happy and positive moments in between. So just focusing more on the, the positives and just taking everything in stride and one day at a damn time. <laughs> How about I you? <laughs> I am also doing well. Um, I think life is lifing for just about all of us right now because <laughs> mm-hmm. like i you know we're starting to feel it but i'm overall i'm i'm doing very well i am um trying to stay focused mm-hmm. as i am very busy and when sometimes in this very busy space i like to just be like i just want to relax because mm-hmm. <laughs> i won't be able to stay in that like relaxing space for too long because the next mm-hmm. thing coming up but or hashtag leave me the hell alone. <laughs> no, for real. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, for the most part, I'm I'm doing pretty well and just growing through the process. Mm-hmm. What does it say? I'm not trying to hate the process. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm lethargic. Or oh, trust the process. <laughs> no, it was it said a song. It don't even matter. All right, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so for the sake of today's episode, <laughs> we would like to make sure that we are reminding you and ourselves that family can be built or can be with people that you are born into. Okay. So most importantly today, our focus is going to be on the ability to connect and to feel safe with loved ones overall. Positive family relationships help families resolve conflict, work as a team, and enjoy each other's company. And we'll express understanding and empathy to those relationships that also cannot be repaired during our episode today. Okay. We've talked about attachment styles in previous episodes and healthy connections with those we have chosen or have been given to as family members that are key in the development of that attachment. Research has shown that healthy family connections provide resources that can help an individual cope with stress, engage in healthier behaviors, and enhance self-esteem, leading to higher well-being. Okay. So if you had to describe a healthy family connection, how would you describe it? I can't. I'm just playing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just playing. So, um, for me, a healthy family connection would be, uh, what comes to mind is togetherness. 
um, transparency, <clears throat> excuse me, openness, um, flexibility, forgiveness, empathy, validation, encouragement, support, community. Um, but the biggest things that kind of stick out to me is, you know, the communication aspect of it and the transparency of it all. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I feel that, you know, we don't talk about um, what's going on um, if it's negative enough or things that are hurting us or things that are bothering us. And, you know, uh, you know, the, the tension that could be happening between family members at a function. And now we all have to feel that tension because this person's not talking to that person when, you know, ultimately we just need to be honest and have those conversations and, and move towards forgiveness. Now, granted, there are some acts, um, that result in the demise of relationships, whether they're family connections or not. So, you know, forgiveness and engagement, you know, it's not always easy, but we always still want to focus on getting to that forgiveness part for ourselves. So um, for me, it all starts with the communication and transparency and talking about all those things that we tend to sweep under the rug or we tend to brush up because, oh, that's my family or, oh, that's my parent or my sister or my brother or whatever the case may be. When in reality, you hurt me, mm-hmm. you know? So what about you? I definitely agree with you, especially just starting off with it being about togetherness. Um, I can agree with that. I think when I describe a healthy family connection, I think of togetherness. I think of um, healing. I think of Mm -hmm. families. A healthy family connection has the ability to make repairs for things of the past and even previous generations Mm -hmm. um, for the family unit itself to be able to come out on the other side of that um, hardship. I feel like healthy family connections represent all of that turmoil, all of that strife, all of that conflict Mm -hmm. and ability to say, hey, we have been able to be resilient together because of that togetherness, because of that communication, because of that transparency that you're talking about. Um, And it won't always look pretty. And so like I and now just thinking about the word healthy and not wanting it to um sound like healthy means perfect or healthy, you know, because healthy means that it's real Mm -hmm. and that it's acknowledged and that it is truth seeking. Yeah, exactly. Like the relationships have integrity, you know? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Not perfection. I'm glad you pointed that out. Yeah. And so like, just as I'm thinking about that, that's what just, because it's easy to say healthy means you know, that nothing is wrong and that we just all get along. And that's not true. Like, that's mm-hmm. very unrealistic. Mm-hmm. We have people in our families, whether they are families that we've built and developed or families that we are born into, that we sometimes don't click well with mm-hmm. because of just differences in character and purpose and <laughs> a number of things. Mm-hmm. And navigating that I think at times will promote the healthy family connection because you're able to navigate it together. You're able to explore those connections um, in a different way that just, I think, allow for some continued safety of being understood. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and being received for even Absolutely. if you have that difference in character. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. I can relate to that. And, you know, also the side note is I don't want to talk to all of them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and sometimes, you know, at the end of the day, you know, um, family members, they're no different than anyone on the street. Now, there's a different level of connection, of course, because, you know, there's the same blood running through your your, your veins and whatnot and the history. Um, however, they're still human and they're mm-hmm. still going to do things that, you know, someone in the street could do. Uh, you know, there's really no respect to persons when it comes to human to human connection and interaction. Yes, we have we may have a higher level of expectations of a connection because it's our family. But at the end of the day, it's a connection. You know what I mean? And it takes effort on both sides. But, you know, ultimately, I can't just how you see, let's say you're in the workplace or, you know, um, at school and you know there's a group of people and everyone's getting to know each other and you know you may become friends with some all or none but just how you observe how someone treats other people or how they may act or the things they may do to someone else like that's still a formula for i'm not gonna fuck with you Mm. (laughs) because look at what you're doing you know what i mean like what's going to stop you from doing that to me just the fact that you know we're family we're family yeah you know what i mean even though we don't talk and don't really have a strong connection so what separates me from that other person you know what i mean like are you Mm -hmm. gonna treat me that way and not saying that you know you're just judging a book by its cover but more so paying attention to what you're seeing yeah. You know what I mean? And like I said, a connection takes dual effort. So, you know, I am, I, I'm going to do my part, but I'm not going to do all of it. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. So with that, uh, Ms. Rade, have you had any clients that did not have any healthy family connections, whether they were discussing blood relatives or not? And if so, how did you help them? Um, okay. Any family connections? Yes. Um, I have had clients in the past that have not had any healthy family connections, especially mm-hmm. with my history of working in um, substance use and community corrections. Mm-hmm. There were often a lot of people that I worked with that at this point in their life, based off of behaviors, based off of mental health, based off of uh, just trauma, you know, at conception, you know, during Mm -hmm. gestation they were not they did not have those healthy family connections um and so a lot of my helping them was around looking at their values it was around looking at if they feel safe to make any Mm -hmm. connections with other people and if they did what did those relationships or what did they want those connections and relationships to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it often gave them the opportunity to take a deep look at what their current relationships look like and why they deemed that they were unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Why they felt like there was no reciprocity in mm-hmm. the relationships or mm-hmm. um, reciprocity, but also no respect, right? There was no love there. There's the constant conflict or the constant overshadowing of one another or trying to manipulate, you know, mm-hmm. kind of the kind of relationships. And um, so in the midst of doing that, 
a big piece of this, and we've talked about it on the show before, is looking at how much you can trust yourself. Mm-hmm. I think a huge piece when you don't have those healthy relationships is when you have an issue or you start to develop the issues with attachment style. Or, I mean, your attachment style has already been developed. So there's oftentimes this anxious or this anxious, anxious avoidant attachment style where people feel judged before they even walk into a space based off of whatever relationships they've had in the past and how they've looked and how they haven't been able to maintain them in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes we are looking at, you know, how can you trust yourself in the progress that you have been able to make in the way that you've been able to heal to to make these healthier relationships? I had um, one, one more thing I will say is I had um, a group when I was working in community corrections and oh man now now the group name is escaping me but ultimately oh untangling relationships this was a mm-hmm. group to work through codependency mm-hmm. and the the amazing part of this group was that this group is normally held with couples Mm-hmm. And um, couples are working through this workbook together along with some group exercises, just kind of facilitated by the, the facilitator. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that because I was working in community corrections, I don't have my my clients' partners in the room. We just mm-hmm. have them. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes the unworking of codependency, it was really amazing to watch because they were doing it on their own terms while mm-hmm. not having to face that very thing that would trigger the codependency because they were already mm-hmm. in an isolated space. Mm-hmm. So by the time they were like leaving, right, they had this, this self-assurance while also being able to make space for these relationships that have not been healthy, have a good idea of relationships they wanted to move away from their life and discon- or discontinue mm-hmm. and relationships that they wanted to enhance or heal based off of understanding the role that they played in the codependency. Mm-hmm. And the desire to maintain a relationship and help it to grow into a healthy one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I didn't give steps on how I would help them, <laughs> you know, <laughs> how I would help them. But overall, those are some key elements to how I would help someone or things that we will be looking at in order to address the sadness and the hurt around not having having healthy family relationships as well as um the joy and happiness around developing that family relationship with yourself first <laughs> before mm-hmm. you can create it with mm-hmm. anybody else absolutely so i have a question right. for you oh, yeah. um before i uh get my response so you know when we talk about codependency you know it's all you know it has that you know negative connotation on it that you know it's just unhealthy but do you think that you know codependency can also be on a spectrum in a sense um and i'll explain to you why i'm i'm asking that question because i heard something recently (coughs) excuse Mm -hmm. me that made me think about it a little differently so um don't laugh, but they did use uh, City Girls as a <laughs> reference. So basically, um, one of the good things about working with someone who looks like you is that relatability and that breakdown <laughs> that you can get. But anyway, so um, the speaker indicated that, you know, her therapist 
told her that she and her sister were codependent. And she was like, no, we're not codependent. They're like, that's not happening. Like she just wouldn't accept it. She was like, okay. So her her therapist said, well, let's put it to, let's put it like this. What if JT and Carisha broke up? (laughs) And she was like, oh, I get what you said. She was like, they're very strong individually, but they're great together. So, you know, I feel like, you know, do you feel like it's on a spectrum or it's just codependent? You like you step into codependency and it's unhealthy or there's certain aspects of what comes with a codependent relationship that are not necessarily negative or unhealthy. Mm. Okay. So I don't like to say that one thing is like one specific thing versus, mm-hmm. you know, not. Yeah. So that makes it a little bit harder for me to answer the question. But what I will mm-hmm. say is this, is that I, especially with that group, I make a distinct difference between interdependence and codependency. Mm-hmm. The whole situation with Carisha and JT and not being able to break up is that they're great as ind- individuals. That's that intersectionality. Mm-hmm. And then they're even better together. That's that mm-hmm. dependence speed like peace Mm -hmm. and Mm so versus codependency it maintains a negative um, connotation specifically because co means that this is a completely equal impact between the way we're depending on each other and Mm -hmm. oftentimes the dependency piece is a lot bigger (laughs) than us Mm -hmm. co-creating together Mm -hmm. um And it kind of puts you in a space of merging or enmeshment. Because when I think about codependency, Mm -hmm. I have to utilize you in order for me to be great Mm -hmm. versus interdependence of I can be great with without you. But when we're together, it's even better. We're even more unstoppable because we're magic, because we, (laughs) you know, because we have all of these things. So, yeah. Right, right, yeah, and I and I, I I'm kind of glad you 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 explained it that way. Um, it makes total sense, and I agree. I just think that you know when we when we talk about connections and you know healthy versus unhealthy, effective versus ineffective, that mm-hmm. you know sometimes you know some of those things they overlap. But they look mm-hmm. differently in both situations. So, like you say, that interdependence. However, you know, there's still underneath that that you know term. There's aspects or concepts under there that kind of overlap with codependency, but it's not in a negative way, or it's not you know, yeah, you know, a negative connotation to it. So, I think that you know, people should have a full spectrum or understanding of, of you yeah. know interdependence and codependency and how they kind of go together versus how they they conflict. I guess. I think what I will say is the distinct difference between the two is the intention behind mm-hmm. the behaviors or the interactions in the relationship. Absolutely. When you are codependent, the intention is to is to self-soothe or well, mm-hmm. is to soothe by way of utilizing another person as um, a resource or mm-hmm. the reason for mm-hmm. an emotion and trying to remove it. Mm-hmm. Interdependence understands a difference in that. And mm-hmm. there's more of an intentionality around utilizing your people as uh, moderate support versus mm-hmm. the end all be all to whether something works out for you or not. Or a crutch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So talk to me. What about you? How, you know, d- this is the same question. Have you had any clients um, that haven't had any family connections, uh, whether you're, de- you know, 
discussing your relatives or not, or sorry, their blood relatives or not? And if so, how did you help them? Hell yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, And I've also had clients who have very healthy uh, familial connections and relationships. So it's, it's, it's beautiful to see. Um, when it is present. Um, but yeah, and I think, you know, from in my experience and with my clients, it always boils down to communication and sweeping things under the rug, not talking about how mm-hmm. we're making each other feel almost, um, you know, especially in um, our culture, speaking Black, African-American, you know, there is a hierarchy. And when there's a hierarchy, you respect the hierarchy, like that, the matriarch or the patriarch of your family, like you respect them. Um, So it kind of almost puts up this invisible wall or there's this invisible rule that you can't say certain things to the patriarch or the matriarch because of the role or the status that they have in the family. Mm -hmm. When ultimately, if you're causing me grief or pain, then I should be able to share that with you so that we can work it out and move forward in a positive way. And I'm not in the background, you know, Mm -hmm. um, what's the word I want to use? Basically, um, quote unquote, respecting you, but not being real with you. You know what I mean? I want mm-hmm. I want both. I want you to respect me and I want you to be real with me because if you can't be real with me, are you truly respecting me or is this some type of facade of of that um, characteristic mm-hmm. or behavior? Um, so, you know, what I typically focus on first is always psychological safety, you know, making sure that, you know, they feel safe. One, to discuss it with me and then the potential of discussing it with the person who may be contributing to that emotion or that feeling or that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, then advocating for yourself and setting boundaries. It's okay to have boundaries with your family. It's okay just like you would have boundaries with a friend or with your partner. Like You have to have boundaries so that you can make sure that you are taking care of yourself in the process. Um, and a real big one. Is acceptance. And when I say acceptance, acceptance is accepting the relationships for what they are and not what you want them to be. Because in any situation, you're only responsible for your effort and you can only do so much on your own. The other person has to meet you halfway or the other person has to put in that equal effort, like you say, that reciprocity. Um, So understanding that, you know, at times, no matter what you do or how much effort you put in, that relationship still may not turn or bloom into what you are expecting it to be. So you have to accept that. And there's a level of grief that comes with that. Um, So we spend a little time there. And then, of course, um, last but not least, forgiveness, you know, for the client so that they can move forward in a positive light. Okay, I have some stuff. I got some questions. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but before I even like, you know, ask the questions, I want to acknowledge a few things that you said, because there were some like very significant, I think, gems dropped here that just in case y'all missed it, I'm going to repeat it. (laughs) Safety is most important. So like, I appreciate you so much, friend, for saying that because, you know, as therapists, our job is to do no harm, mm-hmm. right? That's a part of our ethics. And mm-hmm. without the safety piece, without create developing, okay. I expressly multiple times remind my clients that our relationship will be that of a mirror to 
to the way they want their relationships to look in a healthy way with a level of respect, transparency, honesty, truth, right? Mm -hmm. If I hurt you, if I say something that upsets you or offends you, I'm expecting you to talk to me. If you are needing adjustments to certain things, I'm expecting you to communicate with me based off of the relationship that's built, right? I don't expect that just because, right, safety has to be safety, safety, safety. So, yes, thank you for that. Other thing was, um, it may seem small for, with the example that you gave just about okay, you may not be able to address the hierarchy pretty much Mm -hmm. because of disrespect and, and, and things like that. But this is a very, very, very big issue or challenge in our community. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, I'm about to get on the soapbox for a little minute, but like, (laughs) go here, friend. I just think that like, we as a culture have to not confuse pride and ego with respect. Amen. And we can very easily do that. And I think a huge thing that can create some issues here is not being able to recognize when you have someone in the family that has come after you, that's a generation later or whatever that may be, mm-hmm. just because they came after you've been here doesn't mean that their opinion is less valid their value system is it's less equipped or evolved because we know that there are people or we have some elders that are still in their 25 year old mindset and brain mm-hmm. based on you know and and I'm not saying that for everybody, right? But and I mm. also think that we should very well respect our elders, <laughs> of course. <laughs> right, of but course. respect begots respect, mm. or begets respect. So, saying that because I know the example that Demetra gave may seem like okay, it's a small thing. It's like oh, that's just how black people are. But uh, uh-uh. uh, yeah, not that's, I, that, the, that's how a lot of things go left unsaid. Yeah, you know? is that's just how they are, and mm-hmm. uh. Uh-uh. So, question. <laughs> so, first thing is is um you mentioned that it's a priority for acceptance to occur. Mm-hmm. How much time does it actually if you can you don't have to put a number but if you can, how much time does it actually take you to work with clients through the acceptance phase and mm. when how do I want to word this? Just for 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 other people to understand too, but I want to say trauma dumping. So if you want to spend some time there, but it, so how long does it take you to work through this phase? And when you recognize that clients are trauma dumping, and it can look like acceptance mm-hmm. by them being able to talk about everything, mm-hmm. um, how do you address that in order to? continue to move through this this process of developing the healthier relationships or work with them with this hmm. so <laughs> so the first question um 
like you said, it's hard to quantify, but ultimately it depends on the client. And when I say it depends on the client, not necessarily speaking in terms of their commitment to the process or their effort in the process, but more so what they have experienced as a result of that family connection. Now, if it's deep-rooted trauma, it's going to take longer versus just, you know, there are certain things or, you know... um, I don't want to say big versus small, but there are things that are, you know, more surface level that are just not being talked about versus the things that are deep rooted. Um, As far as, you know, growing up in a family where there was abuse and or you saw abuse or you were abused or, you know, things that are um, more tragic in nature, to say Mm -hmm. the least, to to say the least. Um, So it varies. now, when it comes to the trauma dumping, um, that is kind of a, it's a loaded question, but also a hard question because it's like, we, <laughs> we know how to do our job and it's like, I know how to facilitate it, but try and let me see if I can explain it. It's um, always a check-in. And when I say a check-in, you know, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say, I guess, because I've been to school, so I know the difference between trauma dumping and, and actual processing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, ultimately, you know, when it's just trauma dumping and it's just like they're just pouring it out, pouring it out, pouring it out. But what's the result? What's the the goal that we're trying to reach after we dump? So, you know, then so I'm going to always give you the space to dump. Now, what are we going to do with all this trash you just dumped on the table? Are we going to recycle? Are we going to, you know, throw it all in the dump? You know, are we going to do some modifications? Are we going to mm-hmm. do some restorations? Yeah. Exactly. And then, um, you know, so that we can separate, you know, the trauma from the connection if there is a connection that still needs to be kept. Because sometimes, mm-hmm. depending on what a family member does to you or another family member, because it doesn't always have to be done to you for you to sever a connection with someone. Um, because as we know, there's a lot of abuse that is that cycles through, you know, through families mm-hmm. and gets mm-hmm. swept under the rug. So it doesn't even have to be something that's done to you for you to decide that I'm going to sever that relationship because I don't like the person you are and it has nothing to do with you being my family member because if it was anybody else who did the same thing you did, I would still feel the same way. And, you know, and you intentionally caused harm to this person or to me. So, you know, um, I know that I probably didn't answer it the way that maybe um, everyone might have expected or wanted, (laughs) but I just, it's, it's a hard question to answer, but ultimately for me, it's the after. So after we dump, what does that look like? Are you actually processing what that means? How are Mm -hmm. you experiencing the emotion that's connected to it? And how is that showing up in your life? And what are you doing to make sure that you're grounded or that you are more self-aware of those triggers and, and how you can manage them? And, you know, the one thing with trauma and triggers is it never goes away, but you can reduce uh, the amount of crisis situations that your triggers may put you in because, mm-hmm. you know, you're thinking you're back in that space or that that same thing is happening to you or some ha- expected harm is coming your way. Um, yeah. But other than that, you know, it ultimately is on the individual, but just making sure I always check in with them on the back end of the dump to make sure that, okay, you've dumped all of these things, but what does that mean for you? Mm-hmm. You know, what is, how is it, how does that show up in the way that you connect with others in your life? 
You know, have you thought about forgiving that person? What does forgiveness look like to you? So, you know, kind of asking them all of those discovery and clarifying questions and, you know, helping them uh, prompt that introspection and self-reflection to get on the other side of it, if that makes sense. It definitely makes sense. Thank you for that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You know, y'all, like, I know that (laughs) I feel like sometimes these episodes can definitely be a lot especially when we get into like therapeutic jargon about like trauma dumping and mm-hmm. stuff like that but i think just even with what Demetric is saying keep in mind that in therapy sometimes these discovery questions or these experiences are happening over the course of one session but or five (laughs) Mm -hmm. right like sometimes Mm -hmm. we are looking at the same exact question Mm -hmm. for a Mm -hmm. while um or six months later and it has to come up and then all of a sudden they sit down on your couch and now they talk about a trauma experience that mm -hmm. you know quote unquote was processed yada 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 when it's not that it wasn't processed but that means that there's some some more work needed on the management part Mm, yeah exactly exactly some more layers Mm-hmm. And um, that is the thing about healing and healthy relationships is that they are very nonlinear. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. My other question to you is, is that you, you know, you mentioned that working with clients that have healthy relationships uh, has been a beautiful process. What um, has, have those processes looked like for you when you're working with um, a client with healthy relationships? Mm. Um. A great support system. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, we're doing the work together, working through, you know, whatever challenges or, you know, mental health um, issues or, you know, uh, conditions that we may be dealing with. But, you know, at the end of the day, yes, like Rade, you know, talked about interdependence. That's very important in self-sufficiency and, and self-regulation. However, a very good big part of recovery um, is having a good support system. And there's, you know, I like you can have friends, you know, who become your family and they support you and it and and it can feel your it can help, you know, overflow your cup. However, I and it could just be me, but there is a different level to it when that person's your family member. You know, especially like a sibling or a parent or a grandparent, when that type of support and encouragement and motivation comes from that source that you are bonded with through blood, it's it it hits different. Um, it doesn't dilute a situation where you're getting all of those things from a chosen family member, but it just hits differently, in my opinion. Um so <laughs> Yeah. Did that answer your question? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, it did. It did. I feel like it hits different too. Um, but I feel like it hits different because you just you have family when you have family members that have seen you move through very different stages of life. Mm-hmm. And fall down, get up, be confused, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, cry it out, laugh it out, yell it out, argue it out. Mm-hmm. And but they're able to grow alongside you because they've mm-hmm. also had some experiences. So now they're seeing you in a different space and not just in the role. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's where that hit different. I think also comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Um, 
Oh, and I, I I'm sorry. And to, and to add to that, um, they typically um, can communicate better. Now, don't get it twisted. There's still some work needed with that emotional regulation part and how they react mm-hmm. to things. But that communication is there. Um, mm-hmm. in, in those healthy connections because they've been able to actually express themselves in their home environment as they were being reared or whether or not they didn't have it or they somehow got there before they got to me. So mm-hmm. that's present as well. But at the same time, just understanding that, you know, it does, it's it's that safety. They, they, they know how to communicate it. They just don't know what to do with the feelings that are associated with what they're communicating is basically yeah. what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, regulation. Like you're saying, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I will say to this, I realize. So I second everything that that you said to me, Drake. Um, one thing I will say is when they, when clients have healthy family connections, I tend to realize that they have an an easier process connecting with me mm. as their therapist. But I also tend to recognize that they will have an easier process with being able to recognize if I'm not the therapist for them. Mm. And I think as a therapist, it even helps me when they, and I won't probably know it right away, but there's something that kind of comes through that when they have healthier relationships or have like healed relationships that have turned healthy, Mm -hmm. um, we are able to recognize together, okay, this may not work or this is a good match, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like that um, that actually happens. Um, Great point. And, it, and sometimes it can be, I think, if you're not careful as a clinician, sometimes that can be a bit intimidating um, mm-hmm. because you're the outsider for that person that has a healthy support system, you know? Mm-hmm. But the relationship also tends to develop a little faster once the trust and connection is built. That's true. And then at the same time, it's, you know, it could go both ways. Part of it could be that, yeah, we have a healthy connection, but I don't feel that I have full authentic psychological safety, which is why I'm here, you know, or it could be because, you know, um, the symptoms, uh, if they're, if they have a mental health condition, it could be the exacerbation of symptoms, but, you know, so it it can go either way, but, um, you made some good points and I just wanted to point that out that it can, the pendulum can swing a little bit, but for the most part, it's, it's exactly how you, how you mentioned it. Um, okay. So how often, Do you connect with your healthy family connections or relationships and how come you connect with them this often? Mm, Now you're getting my business. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Not too much, you know, but. (laughs) (laughs) Um, hmm. Often enough. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And when I say often enough, that is by uh, Demetra's definition. And what that means is in in my current capacity. Mm -hmm. Um, And my current capacity could be um, challenged by many external factors such as work um, and other, you know, obligations that require my attention. Um, However, I am in a space now where I am that acceptance piece that I talked about earlier, like that, that grief that you go through and that acceptance of, you know, wanting, realizing what's in front of you versus what you want it to be. Mm -hmm. Um, Because no matter what you want a situation to be, there's no way you can force that. So 
ultimately, I'm in a space now to where I'm pouring into what's pouring into me. And, you know, if you fit into that category and your family or your chosen family or your friend, then, you know, I love you. I got you. But, you know, and if you just happen to call outside of that, I'm sorry. You know, I just um, sorry, but not sorry. Yeah, I'm about um, to say, don't apologize. <laughs> yeah, I um, <laughs> sorry, but not sorry, because I um, I don't have rooms, uh, room in my life anymore, or the capacity to apologize for other people's mishaps. You know what I mean, or to take ownership of something that someone done to me did to me, um, that I didn't ask for or I didn't deserve. Um, but as far as the healthy ones, um, I try to, you know, typically communicate, you know, regularly, like, let's say, um, with my mom out of a week, we'll probably talk like two or three times, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, a week. Um, then, you know, my chosen family, we may talk a little more often because there's a little more relatability in what's happening in my life now, you mm-hmm. know, that, you know, um, my mom may not necessarily understand because her life is different and, you know, what she went through when she was my age was different. Not saying that she can't, you know, add value and support and wisdom to the situation, but, you know, typically those who, you know, are closer to us in age, whether it's chosen family or our first cousin, second cousin or whatever the case may be, well, it's, excuse me, a lot more relatability than some of those connections tend to transcend um, mm-hmm. Or extend out a little further, um, which is why those may be a little more often. And then understanding, um, you know, limits and also within myself, like, okay, am I not sharing this because I'm worried I'm going to worry this person? Or am I not sharing this information because I don't feel safe to share this information with that person? Mm-hmm. Or I don't trust that person enough with this level of information about my life. So. Um, I know I kind of went all off on a slight tangent, but it's, but basically that's how often I kind of connect um, with those healthy relationships and also realizing that uh, a healthy connection or a relationship with someone doesn't mean that you have to talk to them every day. Mm-hmm. It's about the the um, the value, the 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 core, the foundation of that connection, and how you could relate to each other. To me, is the most important. So, um, but you know, there's people who you know talk to their you know parents and siblings and stuff every day, and that's cool mm-hmm. too. But I just feel like that's not that's just not something that everyone is afforded or has or even wants in some cases, you know? Um, But yeah. How about you? Um, Okay. So I talk to, or I connect with my healthy family connections or relationships regularly. Um, I think that I, my relationships are very individualized. Mm -hmm. And so it can really vary and it can honestly just depend on the roles that me and that person like play in each other's lives and what we have going mm-hmm. on at that time in our lives. Absolutely. Um, an example of this is like, I have a really close friend, a bestie that we are processors when we talk. So we can talk almost daily to simply dump information that's like in our our head <laughs> to mm-hmm. be able to say it out loud. Mm-hmm. Maybe get some feedback, maybe not. 
just depending on whatever our vibe is that day. Mm-hmm. But then I also have people that um that when we come together as a as a unit as a healthy relationship, we're not processors. We have to get to the point and understand what already happened with our week, where mm-hmm. we are, and then be able to process that piece together. Gotcha. Um, if that makes sense. So no, that makes perfect sense. Um, and how can you connect with them this often? Yeah, just based off that individualized experience, you know, with them. Um, and and definitely based off of my capacity. Okay, I got a lot mm. going on. <laughs> they got a lot going on. <laughs> and mm. I think one of the coolest parts about connecting with my healthy family relationships is that whether it's my chosen family or the one that I was born into is just or that I am born into is the understanding of like, listen, I'm busy right now. I'm working mm-hmm. a lot lately, or mm-hmm. I'm just too tired, or I'm dealing with something, or I just don't want to talk. I want to be alone, <laughs> you know, for a minute. Like, Speak. yeah, those, mm-hmm. I feel like in my healthy, you know, family connections, like we have that. Yeah. Um, and there is not this like immense pressure. Um, mm-hmm. I think that I struggle. I think I used to talk to them a lot more often in the past because of my own personal struggle behind um, not wanting my healthy relationships to be like viewed as unimportant to me by how often mm-hmm. I wasn't reaching them or whatever. And that so part. I would struggle with that internal pressure. Um, even though no one was saying anything to me and being completely normal when I <laughs> when we would right. talk, but <laughs> honestly, I would find myself, you know, doing things like having a thought of, "Oh, dang, maybe they feel some kind of way because I haven't talked to them, or I was spending time with this person and I didn't take that time to spend with them." Mm-hmm. And then I would give that person a call, and it would be to, of course, check in with them, but also. This is that codependency we were talking about. This was an unhealthy piece on my end of just looking to them. Not I, Sometimes I wouldn't even ask them, hey, like, are we good or anything? But just listening to, okay, what's their tone when we talk? And how did the conversation go for me to make sure that they are okay <laughs> with how mm-hmm. much we are talking or not? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was something I definitely had to go th- grow through. Mm-hmm. So. Nice, yeah. nice. And I feel I, I really like how you, you said that um there's a, a mutual understanding. And I think that's what kind of separates the um, I don't care, I'm gonna say it the way I wanna say it. I mm-hmm. feel like that's kind of what separates the more meaningful one meaningful relationships from the ones that may not be as meaningful when there's that mutual understanding that is not personal and you actually know who I am and you know, you know, what's going on um, with me and why I may not be communicating as regularly as I used to or that I normally do because things are coming up. But that also means that if you are aware of what's going on and you know me well, that means that I feel safe and I trust you with that information so that you can know who I am, so -hmm. that you can know what's going on with me so that there is no misconception that, you know, you're not important or this relationship or connection is not important to me. So I'm glad Mm -hmm. you kind of said that because that is very, a very important piece of it. Right. I agree. I think last thing I will say about this is, it's just that I think even in those situations, cause I 100% agree with you. 
while even in those situations, though, I think those healthy relationships could also look like being transparent about Mm -hmm. where you are if you're unable to connect with that person, you know, Mm -hmm. or or Mm -hmm. however that looks. And I think healthy relationships, healthy family connections have that like, hey, like, like I mentioned earlier, I'm working a lot. Hey, I'm working on this. Hey, I'm just really tired. But Mm -hmm. saying something um, and not just and deciding not to speak up. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So with that, I have a question for you. Have you ever had to repair an important family connection? If so, how did you do it? Um, yeah, I definitely have. And child, <laughs> by the grace of the divine. <laughs> what you say? Because, you know, I think family connections can lead to more hurt and disappointment. Because, shit, I don't give a damn i was about to say the f word but i don't give a damn about (laughs) (laughs) um you know somebody i don't know you know and and Mm -hmm. if we connect like okay i wasn't really looking for nothing new anyway but all right but somebody that i care about you know and have a actual connection with Mm -hmm. i am gonna be a lot more um intentional but a lot more hurt Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a uh, a lot more, a bit more defeated that it even came up because mm-hmm. listen, y'all, if y'all haven't recognized by now, I'm a little bit fantastical and I love <laughs> this about me, but that's just me, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and until I can't, and, we love I, friend. <laughs> and so until I can't, I like, I, I appreciate, mm, I don't want to use the wrong word, but eh, since we're doing it today, whatever, I'm going to just say what I want to say. <laughs> but <laughs> I, right, I can really appreciate the quote unquote high that a healthy relationship can bring. Mm-hmm. It's authentic. It releases so many positive emotions, so many endorphins, so much dopamine, so much, uh, you know, it brings in so much light, so much positivity, so much enlightenment, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things. I mm-hmm. I feed off of that kind of shit. <laughs> like, you know, and so <laughs> like and like love is so important to me in so many ways, or I'm not just mm-hmm. meaning romantic, but just like that the feeling and the action of love is really mm-hmm. important to me. And I think even with how important it is to me, it doesn't always show up, you know, in in my interactions with my family connections, um, because I'm human. Or because they're human. And so the way I did it, when I say it by the grace of the divine, by the grace of God, is just <laughs> honestly being patient and allowing myself to deal with my feelings as mine and not expecting them to repair them. Understand, mm. okay, you feel this way because of X, Y, and Z that has happened. I get mm. it. Like mm. having those real ass conversations with myself and saying, like, you feel this way. Your feelings are also a you problem, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and so you can share with someone how they have hurt you, or, mm-hmm. or whatever, right? With with that relationship, and and the ones that I've repaired, they've understood. Mm-hmm. They've understood why it hurt, right? As mm-hmm. in the same way that whatever I could have done has also hurt them, and I understood, and 
being intentional and patient just about the growth and the process of the um, repair, mm-hmm. I think was the biggest piece. So patience and effort, mm. patience and effort, because there'd be times where I was like, listen, I'm tired of this shit. It still feels awkward. I don't know what to say. I don't know if they really <laughs> messing with me today. You know, I ain't really messing with them today. I'm thinking about the stuff that they did, <laughs> you know, or they probably thinking about the stuff that I did and like, they want, why they got, why she calling me today, <laughs> you know, <laughs> kind of thing mm-hmm. when I'm on this kind of time. And, but even still, when I get that call picking up, or even so when they get my call picking up and being open to just that growth moment mm-hmm. is how I've been able to have those repairs. So just the openness too, I think was a huge piece and just letting it play out because if we both mm-hmm. said we want to be here and, you know, repair this, but it's also taken very um, transparent conversations. Mm-hmm. We want it. We want to repair this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not conversations that haven't been had. Yeah. Okay. That was long winded. Yeah. No, I like that. <laughs> I like it. I like all of it. I, so um, I <laughs> for me. It's like, um, hmm. I've had to in the past, um, but I'll tell you about one that I have right now, actually. Will we get in the tea? <laughs> yeah. So, yes. you know, typically, so I'm gonna go back a little bit. So, yes, I have had to um, repair an important one um, to me. And it was really um, recognizing each other's differences and point of views, but also respecting each other's space because of where we were emotionally um, and understanding that although that space may have not felt the best, that it was needed for our individual processes so that we could come back together um, eye to eye you know, on ground level Mm -hmm. with each other to actually, like you say, have that transparent conversation or talk about what went down and how we truly felt and, you know, how we experienced or perceived the situation and vice versa. Um, But the one that I'm experiencing now, um, I'm not doing anything else. Um, I'm at my period. There's no co- uh, there's no semicolon. There's no comma. It's a period. Now it's I wrote it in pencil, so there's I, I'm still open, but it's a period for now um, because there is a level of honesty that I'm looking for and accountability that I'm looking for, um, because you hurt me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the part of it is it's not that you necessarily hurt me like that's a big portion of it but the big portion of it is that you won't take the accountability and the responsibility and be honest that you mm-hmm. did what you mm-hmm. did and I have witnesses so oh, not the witness yeah. I got receipts M- multiple well, I would say multiple, but more than one, more than two. But anyway, multiple. You're um, <laughs> so, um, you know, being dishonest about that, just you know, and I think the the fear of it is is to be honest about what you said slash what you did is to truly, I believe, the fear is is that 
it highlights that you're capable of doing that. And I don't think they want doing that to me based on the type of relationship or connection that we have. So I can kind of understand why they're not being truthful and taking Mm -hmm. accountability. But at the same time, that's not doing anything positive for our relationship because, you know, at the end of the day, I can forgive you. But Mm -hmm. what we're not going to do is act like what happened didn't happen or that you would never do that, but you did. You know, so really the the halt in this uh, full repair, no warranty, is that, um, <laughs> that I'm just, <laughs> but, because um, <laughs> y'all know we're not buying the extended warranty. Uh, uh, not if you can't fix what's already need to be fixed. Why would I invest in uh, something new if you can't even repair what you already had? But that's neither here nor there. It's almost like, you know, when you were little, like you couldn't take care of the, the toys that you had in your room. So your mama, like uh, your daddy or whoever was your caregiver, like, I'm not buying you anymore because you're not taking care of the ones you got. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. So why would I purchase an extended warranty on this relationship when you ain't even taking care of the one that we have? But that's neither here nor there. But um, wow. but yeah, it's just Save it's just for the, the people hon- in the bed. <laughs> it's Tell just us the, the word. Hon- <laughs> it's just the honesty for me. And granted, it, what you said and what you did was hurtful. But because of the type of relationship that we have, you know. I can forgive you and we can move forward. You know what I mean? Now, granted, it's not going to be the same. It's not going to look exactly the same as it did before you said and slash did what you did. But there can be healing and growth and we can figure out what a new healthy relationship looks like. But we can't get there if you won't be honest and own your shit. So I, you know, and even after that, I gave another opportunity to own their shit and they're still in the same space of I did it and I would never do that even though I have witnesses but so I'm going to love you from afar um I will embrace you when I see you because I still love you it doesn't stop it doesn't the love that I have for you doesn't decline Mm -hmm. but my ability to connect with you or for lack of better terms but with you Mm -hmm. has been negatively impacted and almost non-existent until we can move past that. Because I'm in a place right now, I don't want to hold any tension, resentment, or anything towards anyone because that's weighing me down. And I got somewhere I'm trying to go and I'm trying to get there expeditiously. So I need to release all of this weight so that I can get to my goals and the life that I'm trying to build for myself and what God has for me sooner than later. Yes, feather light is, I mean, heart light is a feather. (laughs) Yes. I'm working on it. It's it's a process, but you know, I'm not I'm no longer um taking anything for the sake of repairing. Like mm-hmm. if we're gonna repair, we're gonna repair it right. Like, you know, I know sometimes you can take your car down the street to, you know, this little shop and they're gonna give you a nice little deal, they're gonna get the job done, you can roll out. But sometimes you gotta take that car to the dealership because you wanna make sure you got a luxury one. <laughs> that part but you want to <laughs> but sometimes you got to take it to the dealership because you it's it's too big of a situation that you don't want a chance that you want it done by the people who make what you got you know what i'm saying so mm. you know enough of that analogy but yeah so that's 
where I'm at there. Um, but the other ones, like I said, what I did was really just, um, we respected each other's space. We processed on our own. And then we came back to talk about what that experience was like for us. And then also realizing that we also didn't enjoy that space apart because of how close we are. So now we're more intentional about, you know, how we interact with each with each other, what we communicate to each other, what we're mm-hmm. going through, because sometimes, you know, I may sound a certain way with you because of what the hell I got going on in my background, mm-hmm. you know, and making sure that we're keeping each other up to date on, you know, what we're going through so that if there's ever a time that something may come out the wrong way, I could say, hey, you know, what's, what's happening right yeah. now? Yeah, yeah. What's happening right now? Like, what, what what's, what's going on in your world? Because you don't sound... X, Mm -hmm. Y, and Z, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Or you don't sound like yourself. And then instead of assuming that it's me, you know, because everything is not always about us, but sometimes because of that safety and vulnerability that we have with that person, it comes, it sometimes spews out onto them unintentionally. So um, just respecting our differences and our processes and then just using that situation and what we don't want to happen again as the foundation of how we continue to strengthen our connection moving forward. Oh, that was a long answer. (laughs) No, it was a great answer. Listen, first of all, whoever Demetri was talking about, I know you're listening to this. (laughs) Now, let me tell you something. (laughs) You are not supposed to run away from words of right and truth, okay? Yeah. So y'all better be honest with my friend. I'm only gonna say it one time. And I and listen, and I'm not I'm not even what you said when we was talking, I ain't pressed. You know, it is what it is. But like I said, I put a I put I did it in pencil. So the period is in pencil. So it can't be erased. And we can continue with some form of connection, but you have to own what damaged the first one. So that mm-hmm. I understand and we understand this is what this is a basically this is a relationship or connection breaker. So we want to stay out of this territory moving forward. But until you own that, I don't trust that you can that we can stay out of this territory and I don't have time to be in that territory because I live over here where, mm-hmm. where the sun is sh- where the sun is shining and, and where our heart is light as a feather, like Rade said, you know. Mm. You know, person. You just got some more gems and you, you even getting some compassion from my good friend, you know, <laughs> and some grace. You take the chance. Okay. You don't sleep on opportunities. What you say? Especially when I you threw know. it in your face. I mean, I gave yeah. you, I mean, I even gave, I, first I gave you the opportunity to do it yourself. Then I I tried to help you do it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know? I'm still trying to almost help you now. And the door was open, it's closed and you're going to have to use a window. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, you better. I got a security yourself. system, so you might want to knock. Uh, you know, throw a little rock. <laughs> Make sure you got a little song playing outside. <laughs> I'm not fooling with you. I'm not fooling with you. But I'm just saying. Okay, so also thank you for um, talking about being intentional of, uh, about not taking away loves, especially mm-hmm. when repairing a relationship or just letting it be, but mm-hmm. being able to uh, maintain that cordiality and that mm-hmm. commonness between just, we are both human. We are both yep. people. We have made decisions, mm-hmm. you know, X, R, and D. And yep. last thing I want to say, um, just what I, what you really made me think about is that it's important to um, not have the same expectations of repair for all of your relationships, right? The deeper mm-hmm. the connection, 
or the the deepness of the connection can determine the level of the repair mm-hmm. um, in, in the situation, of course. Right. So mm-hmm. this is all in, in context, y'all. But anyway, um, do you have anything else to say here before we, we chug along well, here? No, I think we done wrapped that up and, and put a bow on it. <sighs> okay. <laughs> well, y'all, the earth lesson for this week's episode is to connect is to belong and to feel embraced emotionally, spiritually, and sometimes physically. If you can, try to look at your family members from a different perspective with the intention to allow yourself room to have more compassion for them outside of the role that you know them as. Maybe there will be something that you can even appreciate about them. Respectfully, a melanated therapist. <laughs> that was a word. <laughs> Woo! All right, fam. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode of Return and hope you got some sort of takeaway from today. Remember to follow us on Instagram at respectfullymt and send your questions and topic requests to respectfullymt at gmail.com. Until next time, fam. Peace. Respectfully. 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 A melanated therapist. therapist.